the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The following program is pre-recorded. Listener calls are not being taken at this time. Thanks for listening to AM 1420, The Answer. To the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Welcome to the new year. (laughs) 2023. I cannot believe it. I remember when I was a kid, I thought I'd be dead by this time. (laughs) But uh, here I am, still kicking. And uh, anyway, got a uh, lot of stuff to talk about today. I mean, it's been pretty fascinating what's been going on in financial markets and economies around the world. Um, I'm just amazed. You know, I, I mean, I'm always saying, you know, it's, it's different this time. And uh, it's because it, it's always different. It's never really the same. In 2022, holy cow, it's going to end up finishing down somewhere around 20%, which is not bad. I mean, if you're accumulating if you're in your 40s or 50s and you're still in accumulation mode, well, that's a good thing. You're getting lower prices and every month when you reinvest through your 401k plan or, or uh, your IRAs, whatever you're contributing to, you're getting more shares because they're selling at lower prices. And that's a good thing. Uh, in the long run, it's a really good thing. If you are older than that, starting to get to the point where you're starting to look to take income, you're probably really nervous right now. And I tell you, don't try not to be nervous. Uh, There's not a whole lot you can do about it if you're doing everything you can, uh, which, you know, we're going to go over that in just a little bit. But if you're doing everything you can do, then uh, just relax. Because the worldwide economies, actually, the demand is huge. The demand is really large. Uh, are we going to have rising interest rates? Probably. 
Are we going to have inflation that's going up? Yes, we're already experiencing that. But this has happened since the beginning of time. And over that time period, uh, companies that are publicly traded have a tendency to do very well sooner or later. And you just have to have, be patient with it. And the main thing to, to maintaining your patience level is really you've got to – now I've been talking about this I, – I don't even know how many – I didn't actually start talking about this when I first started this show back in 1996. Think about that for a second. <laughs> I started doing this show before some of you were alive. <laughs> and uh, But so since the 1996, it's, it's changed a little bit. Uh, I used to speak mostly on individual stocks and some uh, tax-deferred investing and that kind of stuff. But I think the show was more... Uh, individual stocks because it was a whole lot easier to manage stock portfolios back then. You didn't have flash crashes. Uh, the volatilities were still really high with individual stocks, but nowhere near as fast as they are today. They're, they're a lot faster today. So it makes that part of it a little bit more difficult. You can still do it. I'm a firm believer in if you like investing in individual stocks, then you should do that because if you're doing it correctly, you can make a lot of money that way and you can enjoy yourself. So uh, I would probably uh, relegate that to a hobby, not something that you try to do uh, so that you can retire early, although it may help you do that. A a portfolio that you're going to manage yourself, I probably wouldn't put more than, oh, 20% of your money in there and then take that 20% of the money don't put more than 5 to 6% or so of the portfolio in there uh, of that. So let's say, um, I don't know, your account size was 50000 bucks. You're probably not going to want to put much more than $2,500 into a stock. And this is to keep things safe. You know, if it, if it doesn't matter to you, uh, the, uh, well, then you can do anything you want. Um, but I'm a fiduciary. <laughs> So I have to I have to kind of guide you to whatever the uh, more. This is aggressive, by the way. It's not you know holding individual stocks and only holding twenty stocks in a portfolio. That's considered very aggressive. Now, super aggressive off the chart. Aggressive is putting all your money in one or two stocks. I mean that we're not allowed to do that. You know, there are regulations that we have to abide by. And uh, if you want to do that kind of stuff, you still can. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do that. Um, But you just have to do that on your own. And it's called an individually directed account. So you can have an individually directed account at uh, Fidelity, who I would recommend if we're using uh, Fidelity. You can direct some of those investments there. And that's one of the benefits of having an account with Bullington Capital is that I, I don't mind talking about it. Now, I can't run the money. I can't manage that account for you. You have to do that yourself. But if you want to, you can allow me to see it and, and I can talk to you about it and provide some information on it and show you where to get the information that you really need to get. So very few people do that anymore. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that uh, how many people are still doing that because it is hard. I mean, it is really hard. I've got, uh, what is that? Um, don't get old people. <laughs> I just, I, I, my brain is not working as well this morning. Anyway, purple, purple mattress. And yeah, I know you've heard me talk about that before. So I've got that stock. 
um, it's slightly underwater now, my cost basis, but I bought it. It was up over a hundred percent and then slammed. And I was down about 60% from where I bought it <laughs> after it had gone up over a hundred percent. And, uh, now I'm slightly underwater. I've increased my position size in it and I'm, I'm at my maximum. This is my maximum <laughs> and, uh, it needs to go up a quarter. Uh, to get me back to break even. And then if it goes back to where it was the last time, right before it crashed in 2021, I'm going to sell it this time. But it, it actually wasn't that overvalued at the time. So we'll come back to the, some of the individual stocks uh, in the future. And I know the very first stock that I ever talked about, because I still have the tape. Think about that for a second. I have the cassette tape. <laughs> That's what we were using at the time. I have the cassette tape of the first show that I ever did. And we were talking about this little company called Qualcomm. And at that time, it was extremely volatile. That thing was all over the place. And it was growing super fast. And that, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about today as well, uh, in addition to you know doing individual stocks, is in the long run, what drives the share price of a company is the company's value. Most people think, well, not most people, a lot of people think that the price of the stock is the value. No, if that were true, my whole field would not exist. Nothing would ever sell for any more or less than its fair value. It would always be fairly priced and you would have no opportunity. Yeah, everybody would get the same exact returns and, and the whole the whole industry would just go away. So what are we doing when we're managing portfolios? What we're trying to do is take advantage of certain factors that are present in certain stocks in the long run. Okay, so what is the long run? Long run is minimally five years and I like to look out 10 years. Why? Because when I did a, a little study about stock prices and the underlying values. And basically I uh, used a price to sales ratio of three uh, and a price to earnings ratio of 20, which is a little higher than the long-term average. Not, not much though, but so it's being pretty generous in the valuations. And I looked at what drove those types of types of companies within those valuations uh, the most, what, what caused them to increase the most? Was, there were two things. The first thing was, were sales. And I would think that that would be like common sense. And the reason that I'm taking this tone of voice is because that is not true. <laughs> most people, when they call and ask me about a stock, I go, well, how much does it have in sales? And they're go, it's just silence. What? How much do they have in sales? What? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so what you're telling me is that you've probably already invested the money in this because I can detect it in your voice. And I've been doing this for so long and that you don't know how much business that company is doing. That's the very first thing you need to know. <laughs> how much business are you doing? And the second thing you need to know, what kind of profit margin does the business have? You can look at that as earnings. There are lots of ways to look at that. I like to look at the earnings per share. Uh, and I know it's not accurate. So I'm going to look at multiple years of earnings. I'm going to look at how much debt that company has. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to, I'm going to look at, but 
for the 30-second test, you're just going to go look at the earnings per share and look at the profit margins and how they've been over the past uh, decade or so. And you're also going to look at some of their competitors. Why? Because they're competitors. Because one of the things they try to compete on sooner or later is going to be price. And uh, so if they're all pricing, they know what you, what each other prices. You you can absolutely bet that Clorox knows what Procter & Gamble is charging for some of the product, products that they compete against. They know exactly what the prices are. Okay. And uh, they know exactly what, well, they know pretty closely what their costs are. So uh, there, there happens to be a tendency for profit margins to be relatively uh, close for given industries. And why am I spending all this time on this? Well, because this is the new year and one of my uh, new year resol- New year's resolutions is to try to help explain things, but on a simpler level, when I, when I may have lost somebody just with the, the conversation that I just had, we'll start doing seminars again this year. Uh, as soon as we can get closer than six feet apart. <laughs> But the, uh, uh, but the bottom line is sales and profit margins. Those are the two most important factors for the long-term health of any company. If you don't have sales, you're not investing in a business. You're buying a lottery ticket. A company has to have sales to be able to call themselves a business. Okay. Now, I, I shouldn't say that. That Actually, that's not true. You can call yourself a business because this is America (laughs) and you have the freedom of speech. (laughs) But if you don't have sales, that business is not worth very much. Okay. So that's the very first thing you got to have sales. So how much in sales did they do? Uh, okay. Let's look that up. (laughs) Now, what would be a reasonable profit margin that you could expect that company to generate? Uh, okay. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a hint. Go to Value Line, subscribe to their service because not only do they give you the company's history of profit margins down through the years, I mean, you can go back 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years sometimes. You can also see companies that are in the same, in our competitors and see what their profit margins are like. Why? It just gives you a better idea. It's like buying a house in a neighborhood. You wouldn't go buy a house in a neighborhood just looking at the listing price. Well, some people do. But what I would do is I would go look at the other houses to see what they've sold for in the last few months, figure out what the cost per square foot is, and that gives me some way of measuring value. Let's say the houses are tiny, like the ones in Brook Park, or some of the ones in Brook Park, and they're a 1,000 square feet, Okay. Actually, the Brook Parks are probably closer to 1,500 but the, uh, to, to 2,000. But let's say the neighborhood, they're all 1,000 square feet. And I'm seeing some of these neighborhoods go up, by the way, some of these new ones. It is mind-boggling. They call them garden patio homes. And uh, they're mainly for uh, people that are you know, getting ready to retire. They don't want to take care of a whole lot. So uh, they don't have to shovel their driveway. The, the grass is only like two feet around the, the circumference of the uh the house and they only charge like um $450,000. <laughs> yeah. It's called Powell. <laughs> Powell Ohio. And so you you're paying an outrageous amount of price per square foot, but let's, let's just say you're in you're in Brook Park and the average cost per square foot is maybe 150 bucks. Okay. So if you had a 2,000 square foot home, 150 bucks, $300,000. 
That would be, that would be normal. Now, some are going to go higher, some are going to go lower. But if you were looking and you saw that every house in that neighborhood that had sold for the past five years was selling for about uh, $200 a square foot, which is a lot, actually. Yeah. Let me, let, let's break this back down. Let's say it's a 1,500 square foot home selling for uh, oh, $100 a square foot. That's $150,000. That's low for that area. That's, that's going to be really low. So my point is, if that's the way, that, that was probably how it was 10 years ago. Okay, so if you go back 10 years ago, we get a Wayback Machine, puts us back 10 years ago. We go in and we figure out that, oh, the average sale price here is 150 bucks a square foot. And the average, you know, so for a, a thousand square feet, probably 150,000 bucks. 2,000 square feet, probably $300,000. So if a house comes up on the market and it's a hundred... I mean, it's a uh, thousand square feet and it's selling for $500,000. I'd probably pass. That makes sense. I'd probably pass. If you're paying four times as much as the average house in the neighborhood that you're about to buy that house in, probably wait, you know, don't do that. <laughs> and that's exactly how stocks are. Now, if I'm going to look at a stock and I can see the sales and I can see the profit margin, I can estimate what the profits are uh, in my head. And I'll look at the number of shares outstanding. They'll give me the uh, earnings per share. Okay. And I go and I look at the other companies. Is that normal? Do companies in that industry have a 10% average profit margin over time? If it's not 10%, what is it? How much in sales are they doing? You know, and I know you, you, I know you guys can't uh, write all this stuff down. And by the way, this is why God inspired people, some really smart people to create things called exchange traded funds is so that you could invest in the stock market <laughs> and you wouldn't have to know everything I'm talking about right now. But, uh, and the knowledge, by the way, just makes you more comfortable in what you're doing. Makes you a lot more comfortable. I love when I'm seeing, hey, you know what? I really like the fact that Amazon is doing really well, but I also like the fact that it, it's in one of the funds and I don't have to watch it because they're watching it. So anyway, I hear the music. I have to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Brandon Tatum believes it's time to look inward. Do you think that like Republicans just didn't show up? We need to be looking internally and say, what are we doing wrong? We can go point the finger anywhere we want to point, but like, what did we do wrong? What did we do? We put our best effort forward. Was it the best thing that we could do? And we produced the best product and it just didn't work out. I can live with it. But we have to figure out what we are doing wrong and make it better. The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420. The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? 
our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. W-H-K. Another sleepless night Praying hope comes with a morning light Right now you're feeling like you've lost this fight And fear is screaming out your name When you say, God help me You wonder if he's even listening Truth is, I wonder the very same thing you don't have to feel ashamed Let me walk with you through this valley And tell you all that I've learned to be true Don't lose heart, don't you dare let go And we're back you are not What an appropriate song, Don't Lose Heart One of the worst years in the stock market One of the worst years in the bond market in 40 years and, uh, and I'm telling you, don't lose heart. It's going to be okay. You just have to get in line with your whatever your tolerance for risk is. And you know what? I am, uh, I've done this for you know, well over 20 years, uh, over 30 years, actually. And it's become more important, uh, more evident to me that the more important things are actually the basics. They're the basics. And I know I've said that for an incredibly long time period. And the older I get, the more I see it happening over and over and over again, you got to focus on the basics. And if you get the basics down really well, okay, you're 95% of the way home. Uh, that's the, so what are the basics? Well, they're kind of what we were talking about right now. You don't want to buy stocks that are overpriced because when they go down, it might not be good. If an entire index is overpriced, maybe you want to spread it out. And that's one of the reasons that we buy multiple indexes. Medium, large, and small. Um, I like to look at index funds or actually sector funds that are in sectors that I believe in for the long term. Why do I believe in them? Because their sales are growing really, really fast. What are those two industries? First of all, there's healthcare. I forget how, I think it's like every 10 seconds or something like that, somebody turns 60 in America. You know what happens when you turn 60? S- stuff, if it hasn't already started happening, your, your body starts to wear out. Like as I'm sitting here doing the show, the, the pad on my left foot's a little bit numb. <laughs> it's called neuropathy <laughs> and it, it's old people disease. <laughs> so, and I know all you people out there over 60 know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, it's a, uh, it's just nature. So I'm spending more money going to the doctor than I ever have in in my entire life i would just let it you know just didn't let it stop me before now i'm like yeah let's see if they can do something about this but uh anyway so medical care the medical industry healthcare is one of the fastest growing industries because people are getting older the population's aging uh and you know much like me they're going to the doctor more frequently so they've got a pretty good outlook for sales (laughs) Sales growth is pretty good there in most of those companies. The profit margins are 
wild. Um, some of them are really, really high and some of them not so much, but eventually they might get high. And so I have a portion of my portfolio that's overweighted in healthcare and it got the crap beat out of it in the last year. <laughs> but I expected that, you know, I didn't expect it to, I didn't know exactly when I just knew over time, the more you concentrate your, your stocks into various categories, the more volatile they're going to get. That's why most of the investing that we do is really well diversified, really well. And incidentally, I used to do all these momentum funds and I uh, had these models that I was running and we would hold the top 40 stocks that had the highest performance over the past six months that came out of uh, like the Russell 3000. That's a big index. It's the top 3000 stocks in the country. And it did really well for an incredibly long time period. And then the volatility, the volatility was intense. The turnover was mind boggling. And then they started running, uh, uh, putting out funds that were nearly identical to what I was doing. And actually they're rebalancing every day, every minute and every second of every day. Uh, and it does take out a little bit of the volatility when you can do it like that. But if you had to report on all those changes that are going on in those portfolios, if they uh, sent that out to you as, okay, here are your capital gain distributions for the year, and then you had to pay taxes on them, people would be really upset. <laughs> I mean, really upset. So that's, that's one of the advantages of doing this with an exchange-traded fund. The fund, you're not going to have to pay the taxes on until you sell the fund. The, it doesn't matter how much turnover is inside the fund, and I'll never forget being at one of the bigger uh, financial institutions in the world and the fund that was at the time was number one fund uh, in the world. And people were calling in and they were complaining because they had such big capital gains taxes uh, or t capital gains that they had to pay taxes on. And I'm like, yeah, see, the reason that that fund did really well is because they took the opportunities that came and when the funds reached their target prices, they had to sell them because only rookies hang on to a stock when it's overvalued and, uh, and they might have to pay taxes on it. A lot better to pay the taxes on it than to watch it go back down <laughs> and, uh, and going back down below the price that you may have paid for it like I did with purple. <laughs> But with purple, I just, uh, uh, I added to it and I used to watch, uh, those advisors, I'm sorry, the, the portfolio managers, they were doing the same thing. That, that's actually where I learned to do that. But the, uh, but there's a lot of turnover with my, my point was that there was a lot of turnover in those things and exchange traded funds, they lobbied, you know, Congress and said, Hey, look, you can't really, you can't expect us to do this. People are buying and selling these things all day during the day. We have to make adjustments when one, you know, if somebody, if most of the orders that are coming in are selling, we're going to have to liquidate stocks and to pay off for those sellers. And then when they're buying, we're going to have to buy more stocks and trying to keep track of all that is a waste of your time. The IRS will never be able to leave their offices and they won't have time to do anything else because they're going to have to be tracking the gains and losses in all these ETFs, which number in the thousands now. And you know what the IRS said? Okay. <laughs> You don't have to report all those capital gains. You have to report dividends, but that those are easier. It's like once a year, they bunch them together. So you don't have to report on the capital gains and the gains and losses from the funds for that year. So the 
the investors are not going to have that passed through to them. They get to take a look at the stock price or, or the fund price when they bought it. And when, then when they sell it, it's going to be treated like a capital gain, like a normal stock. So there's a big tax advantage, big break. That's a huge break. And when you couple that break together with the fact that they're being actively managed and the costs, the, the management costs are extremely low, that's a, that's a great deal. I mean, it's a great deal. So that's, that's why I use it. It would be incredibly difficult, almost impossible for a regular mutual fund to beat an exchange traded fund because of the advantages ETFs have. ETF is short for exchange traded fund, by the way. So anyway, that, and that's why I use them for most of the money that I manage. I, I have to admit, you know, I still hold stocks, individual stocks. I don't do a lot anymore. But I like it. The next seminar I do, I'll show you how I pick them. Um, it's difficult, I'm telling you. Um, the account that I manage that way, uh, it's done well, but it's also a lot more volatile than holding a, a, a diversified portfolio that's got ETFs in it and maybe some government bonds or CDs for fixed income. Or actually, I use a fund, too, that I really like. And now I, I feel kind of silly because I've been buying CDs in... Um, treasuries um they are they do have small advantages but that advantage is really small and this fund's been uh i i I like it a lot it holds short-term bonds it's actively managed it's not uh really an index and normally when you say that an actively managed etf that's in the fixed income area uh there's like a 95 percent chance it's not keeping up with the index that it's being compared to this one's beating it so uh and but you know that could change tomorrow um, but the bottom line is very happy with the way that that has performed and the trailing 12 month, uh, yield on it is 4.3. That that's pretty good. So, uh, it hasn't been nearly as vol- volatile as a lot of the other bond funds. And it's got a nice yield. Now, when you look at the, uh, trailing yield, it's not, it's, it's about half. Uh, I think a little less than half of the yield going forward. Why is that? Well, because a lot of the bonds that they bought, you know, 18 months ago, then this thing doesn't buy bonds that are more than 18 months old. And those are the older bonds in the fund. So over that time period, interest rates have been going up. So if you look at the past, yeah, that's what it paid in the past. What you really have to look at when you're looking at a bond fund is what is the SEC yield? If you want to find out, you know, what's closer to what what it is today as I'm buying it today. What is that going to be? And of course, as the prices change, that changes on a daily basis. But right now, that SEC yields, factoring in uh, premiums, discounts, all the other stuff, the fact that you know they're uh, um, looking forward, not back, is 4.3. That's pretty good. You know, That's really good. And especially for the amount of volatility that's had, because it, it's not nearly as volatile. And those are the types of things that your advisor, your investment advisor should be trying to look for. Your investment advisors uh, may not be the same thing as a financial planner. There are a lot of financial planners today that, that only charge a flat fee to do the work. Uh, there's a, the biggest difference between a, a financial planner and an investment advisor who specializes in investments is they, the investment advisors spend a lot more time studying investments, a lot more time. Financial planners spend a lot of time studying how to 
you know, pay for kids college. That's pretty expensive. It's important. Um, they're looking for ways of, you know, looking at your homeowner's insurance, uh, life insurance, that kind of thing. Uh, what kind of emergency funds do you have? And, uh, it, you know, it's good. It's just, it's not a specialty. Uh, it's very broad ranging and, uh, but you know, it, it is better than, um, nothing. <laughs> now, actually they do a lot of good work. They, they really do. And quite frankly, it's getting harder to make a big difference in the, uh, uh, investment management side. There, there's a really good chance that you won't see much of a, a gain or an advantage for several years until a major event occurs, kind of like the bond market getting crushed this year that, you know, if you were holding shorter term bonds, you've done a lot better than the traditional balance accounts have because they're holding bonds that are longer term in nature and those are down a lot. So I don't have to do that. You know, that's, I'm actually building my models with my experience thrown in there. Good, bad, or indifferent, but I, I think it's pretty good, but the fact that, you know, 30 to 40% of most people's portfolios are in bonds and mostly 40 to 50% of people's portfolios are in bonds. That's a big deal to know a lot about it so that you can, uh, learn to identify and, and just, even if you're avoiding the losses, that's a, that's a win. Now, or if you can lose less than half of what another fund lost that's in your category, that's a win. You've, you've won because you lost less. And, uh, uh that, so if you're looking for the silver lining, <laughs> I should say, because this past year, I mean, this was tough. I, I can't remember the last time, I guess I'll have to go back and look because I don't remember the last time that the market actually ended up down 20% for the year. That's, that's been a long time. And, uh, does that mean it's, it's over? No, uh, it, it could go down further. It, it is actually a lot more attractive today than it was a year ago. Why? Because the prices are lower and because guess what? The economy has actually grown through all this, all the stuff that you keep hearing, the pandemic, the war in, in Europe, uh, despite all that, despite the supply chains being all blocked up, the economy's grown. It doesn't have a negative growth rate. It's growing. So there's a, that is the silver lining because the growth, the growth in sales and profits we're going to have to come back to after this commercial message. <laughs> this is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. In the dark and all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believe. Safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just a seed, and it's time to leave. Come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. 
Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook. Vacation Fixation. No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ferentz here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to ArtisticReno.com. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question, the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit ArtisticReno.com. Here comes a comeback Just cause you lay low Got up slow and steady Don't mean you blacked out Or bought out your ready Just when they think there's nothing Left running on empty Oh, oh, oh Here comes a comeback This is your time back yes keep going here comes a comeback (laughs) uh i believe completely market's going to recover um i wish i knew when but uh you know that's one of those things i guess i just wasn't gifted with that and actually nobody else is either um i do have a crystal ball though if you come into my office to you want to meet and try to get develop a plan for yourself um i'll show it to you and maybe you can see something in it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Josh says he's got a magic eight ball. I remember that. We, we need to make one of those for the stock market. And uh, that, I, I wonder if we'd have to get permission from them to do that. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it should. I'm looking at uh, Kiplinger's actually. And, you know, here's one of the things that, that we're definitely going to go through. Um Retirement planning is not that hard. I, I, you know, I've, I take all these courses and they make everything so hard. They have to justify the, the, the pricing that they charge to go through the courses. And they just want to make it hard uh, because they're charging a lot of money <laughs> for all that. But here's, here's the bottom line. Just do the best you can. Try to save as much as you can. If you're a young person out there, if you're under the age of, say, 40, you should be trying, and I know it's hard because you're probably not in your peak earnings years yet, but boy, if you get in the habit at that age, holy cow, when you're my age, you will have a boatload, especially if you don't have kids. <laughs> if you have kids, well, uh, you'll be like the rest of us. You'll be putting money away and put, hopefully you're putting money away because you know being able to retire at some point in time and not have to worry about income, you know, where your next... Uh, um, monthly income is going to come from that. That's a big deal. And had I known, you know, I think I was, I was in my early thirties when I started working in this industry and, uh, actually my late twenties and it was in my early thirties when I learned what pensions were and how those worked. And I was going, Oh, wow. 
I would have been a school teacher. <laughs> Absolutely, I would have been a school teacher. People go, oh, no, that doesn't pay much. Let me tell you something. I've got school teachers and uh, people that work in administration, and they have uh, incomes that are, you know, six figures. Literally six figures. The uh, uh, That's a uh, annual income. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're making over a hundred thousand bucks a year in in retirement. That that's their retirement, and it, by the way, it's indexed to inflation, <laughs> so it goes up. And I'm like, what? The uh, uh, so anyway, too late now. And actually, it was too late when I found out about it. <laughs> I was already in my early thirties, but those are really good. And when you look at the pensions that people that like firemen, policemen, uh, people that work for the federal government. Most people are going to have to accumulate well over a million dollars to replace the pensions that those people are going to get in retirement. So all you college students, listen up, you know, don't, you know, don't turn your nose up at those types of jobs. Yeah, maybe you might, you start off not making quite as much, but they're contributing an enormous amount to your pension. And and, in most cases, it's right around 20% or so. 20%. 20%. Can you imagine if you just started saving 20% of your income when you were 23, 24 years old and did that all the way up to Social Security age? Um, nobody would even take Social Security because they wouldn't need it. <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of a big deal. If you're getting close to retirement, you know, you're getting 50, 60, uh, you want to put out a plan for that, It it's pretty simple. Uh, and one of the things I, I really try to dedicate myself to is keeping it as simple as humanly possible. Now, some things are absolutely complex. I have a complex situation. I own a small business. I have multiple kids and grandkids. Okay, and um, that by itself is very confusing. Uh, you know, it's tough. So, and uh, I'm actually going to meet with my estate planning attorney again because we've got to make an adjustment. So, uh, bottom line is it it can get a little bit complicated and having somebody to talk to a financial advisor. That's basically what we are trained to do. Take a look at all the situations you are talk about available options that you might have. Maybe your accountant told you something or your, your attorney told you something, or you don't have an attorney or an accountant or a tax preparer and you need a referral to somebody that uh, has been vetted the uh, um, and somebody who can interpret for you. Uh, what they're trying to say, because I promise you, the uh, most people don't understand the language that CPAs and, and a lot of attorneys speak, and it's it's very difficult, you know, because the material is constantly changing, the laws are constantly changing, and people really, oftentimes, people really don't even know what they want to do. So that, you know, it can be, get really complicated real quickly. But here's what you can do for retirement. First thing you should do, if you're, if you're thinking about it, you need to check to see what your Social Security is going to be if you're getting Social Security. If not, if you work for a, an organization that's got a pension, uh, get a report. Find out what that, that dollar amount's going to be. And uh, then the next thing you need to do is gather up all your assets, all your savings, long-term savings, not your emergency fund. You want your long-term savings, investment, retirement savings, add that all up. And then you put whatever you're contributing to it 
Uh, I've got a little software package right on my website, actually, that'll show you what that might be worth. You get to pick out what the returns are going to be. If I'm going to look at a balanced account, that's probably right for most people. Uh, I'm probably not going to put it much higher than 6%. I'd rather be conservative uh, and rather than being aggressive and then n- not meeting that goal. That would be horribly disappointing if you did that. But that's Bill Bullington. I can show you what the indexes have done. I can show you what the models that I'm using have done. I can show you what uh, fixed income has done. And, uh, but we don't know that it's going to, re- going to repeat that the same way into the future. Uh, what is it? What, what's the old saying? Uh, people plan, God laughs. The, uh, something like that. <laughs> so bottom line is you, you just have to do the best you can. Uh, try to save as much as you can. Uh, try to invest well. You know, I, I get opportunities all the time for people that uh, come in and want me to, you know, end up having an average annual return that's that's twice the average balance fund. And it's not that it can't be accomplished. It's that the risk that you have to take to do that, it, it's going to fluctuate a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. And uh, I don't know anybody that has the stomach for that. Uh, I know a lot of people that, that, that would like to do that with their investments and generate huge returns. The, the problem is most of them will not be able to go through the um, fluctuation and volatility of that. So this is where you really have to know yourself when you're, when you're doing a, an investment plan. Okay. You get two plans as far as I'm concerned. Um, the first one is retirement plan and it involves investment planning. But there's the monetary side. How much income am I going to get? What am I going to get from Social Security or pension? Uh, you know, what do I think my costs might be? And is that income going to cover that? Well, if you're saving money now, <clears throat> then your basic your income today is is already covering that. You can drop your income down by a little bit, uh, probably twenty twenty five percent or so. Adjust it for inflation, and that's what you could live on in the future. Okay, because if you're living on it now. Why would you not be able to live on it in the future? So is your savings going to generate enough income to keep up with inflation? Um, that's that's kind of the key question. Uh, and whatever I'm saving today, is that going to grow fast enough to keep, uh, to grow big enough so that when I do start taking the income in retirement, is it going to be, am I going to be able to keep my lifestyle? And that that's kind of the key. And I know that it's going to be different for everybody, by the way. The the thing that makes it the most different are the risk tolerances. You know, the stock market's been down over 50% multiple times in my lifetime. Multiple times in my lifetime. And I'm not that old. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> I'm getting there. But the, uh, so if it's been down multiple times, you know, that on average, uh, and, and by the way, I hate saying average because the averages are misleading. At one point in time, the market's been down twice over 50% in less than 10 years. Do you know what that does to a long-term average when it comes that closely together? Uh, it, it makes it seem like, you know, it's going to happen every 10 years. And then you look at the last time that it was actually down 50%. Prior to that, it was like 25 years. There was a 25-year spread. There was a big drop in um, October 1987. Some people remember that. Uh, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> with 20% in a day. Uh, what people forget is that it was actually down 15% before that big drop. So from top to bottom, it was like 36, 37% or so. 
but it recovered and it went on to go making uh, new highs. And uh, if you got upset, you know, if you didn't realize that the potential was there for that. And this is what, this is my, the bone I have to pick with the financial services industry. They don't want to talk about that. And when they do talk about it, they can go, oh, well, that will probably, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Really? How many times does that need to happen in your lifetime? You understand what I'm saying? If it happens one time in your lifetime, that could have some catastrophic effects on you, especially if you're not prepared for it. So be prepared. I think I was born on February 8th for a reason. February 8th is the day that the Boy Scouts were founded back in the early 1900s. <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> that's, that's my motto. One of my mottos anyway. The uh, Yes, be prepared. You should expect a 50% or even more drop at least once in your lifetime. And if it doesn't happen, hooray, you know, you're that much further ahead. But if you, if you take it from that standpoint, instead of the, here's what the, my industry uses, they go, well, the, the average fluctuation. And if you read the fine print, they're talking about standard deviation, which is a term based on statistics. So the average fluctuation is only 16%. Yeah. So why was it down 50% more than twice in a 10-year time period? See, that's not supposed to happen under standard statistics. So what does that tell me? You can't use standard statistics on the stock market and count on it. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So, uh, and that has driven me crazy my entire career. Well, this is a standard deviation, a standard fluctuation. You know what? Pedal that somewhere else, please. Um, because if when the market's down fifty percent, and you had just retired, see that's what's good. That's why I'm never retiring because I know when I retire, um, that's going to be the day. That, that'll be the peak in the in the the market for that short time period. And it'll probably drop 50%, kind of like it did in 2000 through 2003. Think about that for a second. Market didn't bottom from the peak that it achieved in the year 2000 until the year 2003. And it was almost three years exactly. It was to the month. It was three years. It was March of 2000 to March of 2003. You have to prepare for that kind of stuff. How do you prepare for that? Well, if you can't stand to see your stocks be down by 50%, don't put 100% of your money in stocks. It's literally that simple. If you've got a, if you have a truly diversified portfolio, then you're going to pad that with uh, bonds uh, or bond funds that are relatively short-term in nature. Uh, and that will cushion that and you won't be down quite as much. Why is that important? Because when you're not down as much, it doesn't take uh, as much to get back to where you were. That, that's managing risk. And that's what most investment advisors should be doing is helping you manage the risk that you're taking okay? and look into the kind of risk you're taking. The vast majority of people don't know what kind of risk they're taking. So I, I've had some people send me statements. I've heard the radio show. Feel free to do that. They wanted to, to know what their risk was. And you know, I don't even need to punch the symbols in the, the uh, calculators anymore. I, I can tell you by looking at the portfolio and their overall breakdown. And it's relatively simple. So if you want to be safe, you know, you need to know what that number is. How much risk am I taking right now? If you, and safe is, by the way, depending on who you're talking to, because I've 
talk to people who say for them was, yeah, let's put 100% in stocks. What if it goes down 50%? I don't care. <laughs> Literally, they didn't care. And uh, so, okay, you know, no problem. Well, I, I don't know, Bill. I, I, I don't think I'd like to be down much more than 35% or so uh, or 30% or 20%. Okay, so if you don't want to be down more than 20%, don't put more than 40% of your money in stocks. That way, if they get cut in half like they did in 2000 through 2003, or 1972 through 1975, the, uh, then you won't be down 50, uh, 50%. If you had half your money in there, you'd only be down about 25% or so. 25%, that sounds like a lot. Well, it, it is. Yeah, but how much can you take? And I'm going to tell you today, if you're not willing to potentially be down 25% or so, you're not going to make any money. You're going to make, well, you'll make a little bit, but it'll be very little. And probably won't keep up with inflation. So that's the conundrum. That, and that's the challenge that we all face. Now, some people right now have done so well that all they need are treasuries. And they can live off trade. If I had, if, you know, if I won the lottery and I got 100 million bucks, let me tell you something. A 4% treasury, I would never spend $4 million in a year. So <laughs> everybody's a little bit different. You got to... Uh, Cater that program to whoever you are. And uh, every program, by the way, has got to be customized. You can't, uh, everybody's got different risk tolerances. They have different financial needs. Uh, those, those two reasons right there make them all different. But you don't, um, but you don't have to be stuck with a lot of the con- uh, conventional portfolio management tools that are out there. That's why I'm independent. I, I don't really like people telling me, how to manage the money, uh, unless they're a client, you know, then that's fine. And that's basically what we do. We'll come up with the plan. It's going to be customized to you. And we're going to run that plan for you and talk to you about it and answer any questions that you have. And, uh, hopefully we build up enough comfort level that you can survive all these ups and downs and prosper at some point in time. That's our goal. And uh, I uh, think I only have a few seconds left on today's show. So I'll tell you, you've been listening to Bill Bullington right here on uh, 1420 WHK here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.